your Bibles, turn to John 19. John 19. I want to look at verse 25, 26, and 27 with the emphasis on 26 and 27. John 19, 25. John 19, 25. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother, and his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Cleopas, and Mary Magdalene. And when Jesus therefore saw his mother and his disciple, whom he loved, standing by, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. And then he said to, his, to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her into his own home. Amen. I want to talk to you from the subject, a sight to behold. A sight to behold. In my short tenure, pastor at Blue Ridge, 10 years of pastoring, one of the most gut-wrenching, pain, sorrowful jo jobs I've ever had to do is to be at the deathbed of a loved one, yeah. called to a hospital. I've done that several times, too many times, talk about, to think about. Several years ago, I had to go to the hospital to visit, to be at the bedside of one of our members whose son was there, and they got, she'd gotten word that there was nothing else the doctor could do, that there was no more hope. And so they called her to come to the hospital in order to give permission to do what we call, and that is to pull the plug. This young man had been in his house and got attacked in his own house, in his own yard by someone who was crazed on drugs. It beat him senseless. And there he is, the hospital bed, in pain, struggling to breathe. Mother and family there by his side. As I came into the room, I, I looked at mom, and mom was at the, the bed of her son, holding his hands, crying, and she got up and she came over, and we hugged, and we prayed, and I looked around, and I saw the family members talking to one another, some crying, some just standing in the corner, looking at the wall. Mom goes back over to her son, whom she loves, whom she gives birth to whom she's raised for some 20-some-odd years. She goes back over to the bed, and she sits down in the chair, takes his hands, and begins to call his name. Begin to call his name. 
Oftentimes, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I can just be there and say, Lord, have mercy. Give support to the family. It's just something that is gut-wrenching to see something like that. I can imagine what she was thinking about. As she pondered doing what the doctor had asked, and that is to pull the plug, to give him up, to allow him to pass. She probably thought about the birth, probably thought about changing his diapers and wiping his nose, probably thought about his first pair of shoes and sending him off to kindergarten and watching him get on the bus and go into school and his first date, first kiss, first time he drove a car, first time he went out by himself. All this, perhaps, whirled around in their head. The same thing here in our third saying of Jesus. There he is on the cross. After all that he had done, there he is on the cross. And as his mother Mary's look at her firstborn child, hanging there on the cross, body torn apart, ripped open by the whips of the Roman soldiers. As she beholds her son, a son that she's had for some 33 years, as she's there watching the blood streaming from his body, pouring down from the brow of his head. As she stands there listening to the laughter of the Roman soldiers. As, he, as she sits there listening to the mockery of the religious leaders. As she looks down and watches the soldiers roll dice for his clothes. As they run back and forth attempting to give him something to drink, she watches, beholds her firstborn son. Can you imagine what was going through her, her mind? What was she thinking about? Perhaps she was reflecting back to the announcement of his birth by the angel Gabriel when she was a little teenage girl getting ready to marry. As she went into her house, and there the angel Gabriel stands there and makes an announcement that she was going to be the vessel by which God would use to bring in the Messiah. Maybe she was thinking about his birth in a small town called Bethlehem. Thinking about him being wrapped in squaddling clothes and placed in a manger. Thinking about the visitation of the shepherds who got the announcement of the birth of the Savior in the field and they came just to check in and see what was going on. Maybe she thought about the wise men who came and fell down and worshipped this baby and given gifts to him. Maybe she remembered the incident in the temple as they took Jesus to circumcise him. 
Maybe she thought about Simeon and his praise to God at the sight of Jesus. And the woman, Anna, as she spoke, testifying and witnessing of the future of this baby boy. Maybe she thought about how the angel appeared to Joseph in a dream that night and told him to get out of Bethlehem and head to Egypt. Maybe she thought about life in Nazareth as she watched Jesus growing up with his brothers and his sisters, seeing him leaving home and going to preach. Now, after 33 years, there he is on the cross. Beaten, perhaps naked. Dust flying everywhere, insects flying everywhere. Blood falling off of his body. Roman soldiers laughing, teasing. Religious leaders making mockery. Rolling dice by the soldiers fighting over their his clothes. There he is. Her son. The son of promise. He was supposed to be somebody great. He was supposed to be the savior of the world. The blessing of Israel. What went wrong? There he is. On the cross. It's all over my boy. My boy. My boy is dying. She's being held by her sister. She's being encouraged by the apostle John. And Jesus is there on the cross. What do you think she was thinking about? What was going through her mind as she sees her hope? The one born through the power of the Holy Spirit. Dead on the cross. It is most significant that the first three sins of Jesus on the cross has something to do with the meeting the needs of people. As she looked up at her son, and her son looked down at her. In his pain, in his suffering, in his agony, with the weight of your sins and my sins, the weight of the sins of the world, past, present, and future, placed upon him, he thought about his mama. Jesus made provisions for his mother. I thought it was fascinating, as I said a while ago, that the first three things, the first three sins that Jesus made, he made in regards to meeting the needs of others. There was a need to forgive those who had placed him on the cross. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what, what they do. That was the need of meeting uh, the need of a certain thief who was hanging on the cross. He needed forgiveness. And when he said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom, Jesus took time out from his suffering and his pain. He just said, truly, this day you'll be with me in paradise. Now he meets the needs of his mom. 
mom. It's all by itself. Yes, Jesus had brothers and sisters, but they were not believers at this time. And so Jesus felt the need to place her in the care of one of his disciples. He knew that was faithful, knew that would take over, knew that would care for her. Mary didn't understand what was going on. He looks down and he says, woman. And that woman is not used in a negative sense. The phrase is used with reverence and respect. Mama, woman, behold your son. The question is, what do you see when you behold Jesus? What do you see when you look upon Jesus? Do you see a man still on the cross as we have him betrayed in some of our churches? Do you see him still suffering on the cross? Do you see him still beaten on the cross? Is he still hanging uh, on the cross? What do you see when you see Jesus? What do you behold when you see him? And what provisions has he made for you? My theme scripture from John 3.16 says that God so loved the world that he gave. And the most important thing I came to realize that when I see Jesus, I see God's love. I see hope. I see deliverance. I see salvation. I see a person who has taken on my sins. I was on my way to hell. You were on your way to hell without any ray of hope. But Jesus, because of God's love, God allowed his son to be sacrificed on the cross. God gave his best because he loved us. Let me put it this way. God became a man, allowed himself to be born of a woman because he loved that which he created. And he allowed himself to be suffered by that which he created. He so loved the world that he gave. So the question is, has God met your, your need? Has he provided for your every need? He's provided for my need. I don't know about you, but the scripture says he is the bread of life. The scripture says he is the light of the world. The scripture says that he is the good shepherd. The scripture says that he is the resurrection and the light. The scripture says that he is the way, the truth, and the life. The scripture says that he is the true vine. The scripture says that he is the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He provides for every need. Whatever you need, he can provide. And the most important thing that God saw that we needed was life, was salvation. For without Christ's death on the cross and his resurrection, there would be no salvation. And so Christ got up on the cross. That in place in there, he got up on the cross. He gave his life because of his love for us. Woman, behold your son. Here I am on the cross. 
as Mary cries and looks at the battered body of Jesus, seeing what she thought her hope disappearing, dying, breathing his last breath. Jesus looked down, and in the midst of his pain, in the midst of his agony, he makes provisions for his mother. He makes provisions for us today. When you got up this morning, he made provisions for you. He made provisions for you throughout this day. He makes provisions for you when you lay down at night. He's been there for you 24-7, 365 days out of the year. He provided for you. Think about those times when you thought nobody cared. Think about those times when you were up, your back was between a rock and a hard place. Think about it. When Jesus was there, he makes provisions for you. He sealed you with his spirit, placed you in his family, gave you a home and a name, sealed you with eternal life, that when we close our eyes for the last time, we will behold his face on the other side. And all our pains, all our sufferings will fade away. Woman, behold, behold your son. And then he looks down at John, and he says, John, behold your mother. He places John into the family and places Mary under John's care. What does that tell us? Well, it tells us that we as believers should care for one another. We live in a time. When it seems as though everybody's out for themselves. I, I'm not a big fan of a lot of reality TV. I, I'm not really a fan of a lot of reality TV. Because most of the reality TVs talk about self. Talk about their issues. And disregard everybody else's feelings. But that's how, not how we as believers are to behave. Jesus says to John, behold your mother. Jesus says to us, behold your brother and your sister. Take care of them. Love them. Because I loved you. I'm up here dying because of you. I've given my life for you. I'm going to be resurrected for you. I'm going to heaven to sit on the right hand of God for you. I'm going to make intercessions for you. And when you die, I'm going to bring you in my presence because of God's love for you. And if Christ did all that for us, why can't we do that for each other? Why are we fighting among ourselves? Why are we in competition with one another? Why are we striving to be better than one another? If we are in the family of God, then we have to behave as though we belong to God. Woman, behold your son. Behold him. And then he looked at John, behold, behold your mother. And so the question is, and what I leave you with is, 
that as Jesus is on the cross, he's making provisions. He's making provisions not only for his mom, but he's also making provisions for us. Y'all didn't get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all didn't get it. He's not only making provisions for his mom, but he's making provisions for us. Let me, no, 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 no. Let me, let me put it this way. He's making provisions for Greg Hood. He's making provisions for Greg Hood. He's making provisions for us. He's on the cross saying, behold me, look at me, look what I'm doing uh, for you. And when it's all over, the love of God overpowers the death of Christ. And he brings him up some three days later because Christ makes provisions for us. The provisions that he made for us are provisions that we can't make for ourselves. When my daughter was born, <laughs> I got great joy in taking care of her. When they brought her into the room at the hospital, I would lay her on my chest. And she would just quiet, small, cooing on daddy's chest. And I thought, Lord, I'm going to have to work for this girl. <laughs> this is my baby. When my son was born, and they brought him into the room, and they placed him in my arms. And I looked at him, I said, this is my boy. I'm going to have to make provisions for him. That despite what he has done, despite what he will do in his life, despite the arguments that we would get into, despite the disagreements that we get into, I'm still going to make provisions for him. And despite what we go with God, despite the wrong that we've done, despite the disobedience that we have done, we, he still makes provisions for us. So what do you behold when you see him on the cross? What do you see when you see him on the cross? You see a savior, a person who loved us, that was willing to die and make provision for us, provisions that go past this life. Provisions that go past our sorrows. Provisions that go past our hunger, our needs. Provisions that go past all the hurt and the pain that we will ever imagine or experience in life. That provision is eternal life. A home on the other side. And so when we behold him, we behold the provisions that he's making for us. In the midst of all the blood, in the midst of the suffering, in the midst of the pain, we see a savior that loved us and in his suffering, in his pain, he makes provisions for us. What do you behold when you see Christ? What do you see when you see him on the cross? How do you look at him and has he met your every need? Is he still providing for you? Is he still blessing you? He gets you up every morning. He lay you down at night. He forgives us of our sins. 
He's provided the spirit of God that dwells in us. And he sealed us so that we are eternally saved, placed in the family of God. That's a God that loves us. It's a God that cares for us. And so when we behold Christ, we should behold the love of God. Amen. Amen. Amen.